to the premiere episode of MCU Rewatch. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me as always, Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I am so excited that we're finally sitting down to do this MCU Rewatch. This is going to be really good. Oh, it's going to be so good. And the third man sitting in the third chair over there, Swain. Swain, what's up, dude? Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I... I think it was kind of funny there that you said uh, joining me again, and it's yeah. like <laughs> Did we're I say always that? we're oh. always talking about something. So yeah. that's right, that's right. Well, what's up, everyone? Thank you here for joining us for the first episode of MCU Rewatch, a podcast where every episode we are working our way slowly through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and making our way to Avengers Endgame. So we urge you before you listen to these episodes, go and watch. The movie that we're talking about this week, there's a, a nice little calendar that's out there, and we're always going to prep you uh, for what it is exactly that we're going to be talking about the next week. Uh, but this week, we're talking about Iron Man, guys, here Ooh, for the premiere the episode. The godfather of Yeah, the it MCU. is, right? It is the godfather. At this point. Uh, but also, I just want to, uh, here at the top of the show, too, let you know you can follow us on Twitter at MCU Rewatch. So we will be uh, putting up links to every episode that comes out. And uh, you can also email us, mcurewatch at gmail.com, and you can find those links in the show notes. And as the show starts feeding out to the other podcast platforms, uh, you'll be able to find uh, the links down there, too. We're going to put it up there. And uh, the show currently right now will be hosted on Anchor, anchor.fm, and uh, it should be on every podcast service that you want to use very, very soon. So uh, anything you guys want to throw out here in the beginning before we get rolling? Kind of to, to set mm. the stage here for uh, the MCU I think let's look at it this way. We're we're actually exactly a hundred days away from Endgame as of this recording. Oh, I saw the man. Russo brothers tweet that out, and going back and watching, I know we'll get into this more, but it's been eleven years. Oh, it's like I, I I vividly remember going to see Iron Man in the theater with my wife, going eh, because The Dark Knight was the big movie that yes, yep. and I was like. Yeah, yeah, let's go check out the Iron Man thing, <laughs> you know, yep, you know, and it was like as a goof and then, you know, we'll get into it more. But then just my feelings by the end of the movie. So yeah, it's really very crazy to see all these people do like the 2009, 2019 thing right now. Yeah. And it's like that. that's that's it right here for the MCU. It's like that was like 2008. This is 2018 just passing us like 10 years. Like it's a big amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like. A lot of movies. They they crammed a lot of movies in there to rewatch. So oh, they definitely did. Yeah, twenty, right? We got twenty movies. We're gonna work our way right. through here, uh, moving forward. So uh, all right, let's get off here, guys, with Iron Man. Iron Man released May second, two thousand eight, and uh, this movie, of course, was directed by John Favreau, which uh, who also appeared in the movie. But I mean, I, I love how people give him the credit for kicking <laughs> off the MCU, and uh, I mean. He did, right? Realistically, I mean, this was it, because this was make or break it for Marvel, like you said, Paris. Uh, put it to put it into context. The Dark Knight was huge. I even want to say, was, did Transformers come out around that time too, or was kind of year before the year before two thousand seven? Because I remember yeah. I was the same way as you. I mean, I I was read all the Marvel comics. I mean, I'm sitting here with a wall behind me with all these Marvel <laughs> comics on it. But like, I was never really a big Iron Man guy. You know, I I, I was a Spider Man guy and an X Men. And it was like, all right, well, let's see what they're going to do with this Iron Man movie. You know, the previews look kind of neat. And I never in my wildest dreams dreams could have imagined that here, 11 years later, we would be looking back at this film as the thing that kicked off one of the most incredible things in, in film ever. I grew up, like, mostly uh, 
and X-Men. Like that that was that was my that was my jam. Like all of the X-Men, the like the cartoon, the cartoon growing up, yeah. like sitting there on Saturday mornings watching the cartoon and like that intro music going. Like that's X-Men is where uh, where I got my like Marvel chops going. And when it came time for Iron Man, it was mostly just like, Oh, like that, like you said, that's kind of cool. Like they're going to do a superhero movie. We've watched a lot of Spider-Man at this point. Yeah. It would be nice to see another superhero is kind of my feeling is like, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's, let's kind of set the stage for some, some of our younger listeners that may not even be aware of this, you know, here in 2019, but back then, 2007, 2008, going into that movie, Iron Man at best was a B-level character, Most really was a C-level character. I mean, because if you think about it, Marvel obviously had a lot of financial issues in the 90s, so they sold off Spider-Man to Sony, they sold off the X-Men to Fox, yeah. and they were left with the B... B, B level, C level characters, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, et cetera, et cetera. So to kick this off with not one of their popular characters, and like you said, Mark, literally the fate of Marvel was writing on this movie at the time. Um, and for what it turned out to be is is phenomenal. You would you would laugh at that now in 2019, but back then, huge gamble to yeah. be able to do this. Oh, yeah, uh, especially, a... I was going to say, especially in pop culture, Iron Man, because when it comes to the actual comic books, when you go back to Civil War, which by this point had come out, was that 06, I think is when Civil War was? Brian Michael Bendis, who many now know was the guy that created Miles Morales and Spider-Man, kind of where we're sitting now with, uh, you know, Into the <laughs> Spider-Verse. Uh, but Civil War on the comic side was huge. And the lead up to Civil War was the whole Winter Soldier storyline. So in terms of Marvel readers, Captain America was back and Iron Man was back. But they didn't have that pop culture uh, just appreciation that I think now that they all have. Like you said, it was a B-level character. So if you just were kind of a casual reader of Marvel and you didn't follow Civil War and you weren't up to date with everything, yeah, you looked at Iron Man just like, man, you know, oh, okay, we're going back to that old Avengers yeah. character. The X-Men yeah. are the cool <laughs> characters. Peter Parker's yeah. the cool characters. This Iron Man. But, you know, what the heck is this? Um, but what were you gonna say, Swain? I was gonna say there's a there's a really great uh, podcast called uh, Business Wars that goes into the competition between Marvel and DC for like ages, like going way back to the creation of both of them, and it kind of like comes to a, like a head at the very end. There's, they do like seasons of like certain like verses, so it's like mm -hmm. Nintendo versus Sony, Marvel versus DC. Uh, it ends with Iron Man and how big of a gamble at that point. Like you said, it was huge for them to like take this risk, especially with an actor like uh, like Robert Downey Jr. They were just yeah. like, uh, hopefully this works out. Like we can't really like I, it was really even then it was like a, a financial decision to put him in there. Well, I'll say this about Robert Downey Jr. I, I remember at the time when he was announced as being Tony Stark. And my first thought was that's brilliant yeah. because of all the personal demons that <laughs> exactly. he had been going he through really in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he's the perfect casting for yeah. that. And yeah, I mean, well, obviously here we are now. I mean, he he knocked it out of the park. But the one thing, that, eh, I know we're, we're, we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but the one thing, they never really touched Demon in a Bottle because that's what I thought they were going to do by casting yeah. him. They touched it lightly. And I, I guess, I don't know if we want to just jump into the yeah. movie a little bit right now, but yeah. That actually is the opening shot of it Iron is. Man. It is, yeah. With him holding a drink. 
in the back of that military vehicle, which I was like, wow, here, here we go, you know? But yeah. I I mean, that the casting of Tony Stark in the movie, I think, was the make or break decision, right? I I mean, who else could have Mm -hmm. possibly played that character? You wouldn't have had like a Matt Damon playing Tony Stark. You couldn't imagine Ben Affleck playing Tony Stark. Like you said, when they announced. There's not many people that can handle that facial hair. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) But like when they said, you know, when you. When you think of Robert Downey Jr., like, yeah, that makes sense. He 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 is a guy who, like you said, Paris is living in that bottle. You know, we just know him of getting DWIs and things like that. He lived that lifestyle, and the minute you first see him in that first scene, that's yes, that it just makes sense. You're you're on board. He is Tony Stark, and that has not waned at all through through any of the films, and and honestly through most of this film. I mean, what in the first twenty minutes. He's and when they kind of do the flashback, he's already in bed with the reporter who came up, you know, confronting him. And and even later on, you see him just, you know, he's the player and he's he's playing yeah. that game. And it's just it's perfect, perfect casting. The uh, the scene that sold it for me that was like in the trailers was him and the Jericho missile behind him. Yeah, like, and he puts yes, his hands out, yes. heart, heart, hands out, and it's like that is like seeing him with like the facial hair and like that like swagger was like. Oh yeah, he is Tony Stark, and like from there on, I was like, I'm gonna go see it. Like that makes sense. Yep. What got me was Comic Con 2007 when they showed the trailer. Yeah. At Comic Con, and you see the the scene where he's flying with the jets. Yep. And I go, can we curse on this podcast? I don't know if we set the rules yet. Ah, uh, we haven't, but it's up to you, man. Yeah. Uh, I I won't curse, but <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. It's Iron Man. Like, like <laughs> it, it looked real to me. I was like, I got to go see this. Like, that was the first moment that it actually clicked for me. Like, they just might pull this off. Because, again, going by the track record of what we had leading up to this, at best was, what, Spider-Man 2, X-Men 2, things like that. We yeah. had really not seen anything beyond those two movies that truly brought you know, the, the whole comic book feel to life. I mean, you know, we had like Batman Begins right before that, something sure. like that. But to me, seeing Iron Man fly through the sky with the jets was kind of the first true comic book moment for me mm-hmm. that I saw in, you know, in a film. And it, like I said, it just clicked for me so that, yeah, when May 2008 came around, I knew I wanted to go see it. Yep. Can I say too the the rock fan and me just loves even the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, you got oh, ACDC yeah. kicking in the beginning. You just kind of just as it goes throughout. There's just something that was as dark as like the Dark Knight is in those movies. And I mean those movies are badass. But like there was something about this movie that was almost more badass. It was just like man, this is Iron Man, and he just he just looks awesome. <laughs> Everything about it, like you said, Paris, you see him flying with those jets. Like they just nailed it. Like. When you see, when you go watch Batman, of course he looks like Batman in the suit, but just I think CGI and all that had gotten to the point in Iron Man where it looked great. Now, the movie we're going to talk about next episode, The Incredible Hulk, CGI, <laughs> had some issues <laughs> there, so but but in Iron Man, I mean, it. one of my favorite scenes, and I know we're kind of jumping around, guys, and I think that's kind of what we're going to just end up doing with these episodes, Yeah. but one of my favorite scenes from any of these movies is when he goes to basically enact revenge on the villagers. And yep. that scene where it's just Iron Man versus a tank. Yep. The I'm tank shoots the rocket. He just kind of like goes like that and, and, you know, it lets the rocket go by him, shoots a couple of missiles at the tank and he's walking away and the tank just <laughs> blows up. There's a, there's really nothing more badass, I think, than that moment. That is just epic. When I first saw that, I just like lost my mind in theater. It's incredible. It's a, 
it's a whole different take on the superhero at that point because like a lot of it we've had like superheroes that aren't willing to go that far where they're gonna actually it, Tony Stark killed a couple guys though. yeah like oh yeah it's like oh yeah hundred percent and we had like Batman before where he's like got this like moral code he's not gonna kill anyone mm-hmm. he's or he's gonna be like really like he's gonna never gonna take it that far but Tony Stark like flew across the world and, to kill a couple guys and it was like this whole different take on what like yeah. it takes to be a superhero. Yeah. Um, there's also like, so one of the things I want to do when we're rewatching is I personally re- want to rewatch like director's commentary mm-hmm. over top of it. Cause I've watched all of these like movies repeatedly. There's probably maybe one that I haven't watched more than like twice. And I think that's Thor dark world, but uh <laughs> I really like to hear the take on like what went into it. And uh, one of my favorite things to go back to like the rock music part was I was listening because the director's cut or director's commentary for this movie isn't available with like buying the movie, but you have to like find it. And it was like an event. So it's got like this terrible audio. Someone recorded from like the audience of John and uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing like a live commentary while they play the movie behind them. And uh, there's a great point where John's like, when we cut into the credits at the very beginning, he's like, we didn't start playing the music until like right at the end because he's like, it saved us $150,000 of like licensee fees. (laughs) He's like, if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, it would have been an extra like 150K. Jeez. Just to play the rock music at the beginning. That's crazy. Uh, I want to go back to real quick what you just were talking about, about um, how we've never seen kind of the intentions that Iron Man has. And I think that's one of the really neat things is, you know, obviously his origin, he gets, he gets hurt and he creates the suit and comes back. But like, ultimately what's driving him is the fact that the, the weapons that he has created are killing innocent people. And I think that's something that anybody could relate to. If you were in that situation where you made all this money and suddenly were just, you know, had this reality check, I think many of us would do the same thing that he wanted to do, right? That you want to go back and get those weapons out of those people's hand and, and maybe not necessarily enact revenge, but because the people that you're kind of taking the revenge out are the bad guys and are just going to continue murdering and killing people that you need to put a stop to them. So I think he was a relatable character in that sense that his motivations, I think well, everybody it. you're on his side. Like it's it, it just, it's right. He took away from like the, uh, like creating weapons so that he could solve a problem like and then made it into a one person suit where he had full control over everything right and he could be like the the weapon that is like very pinpoint like focused and you kind of see him go wrong with it down the line when he like creates the ultron like ultron Mm -hmm. yeah that creates a bigger problem because he's trying to get away from like doing it himself yeah but then that theme kind of comes back eventually with, you know, almost Civil War when it brings up the fact like, hey, here's all these great superhero movies and everything is, you know, we're, we're fighting the bad guys. But what's the price what's of the, all of that? What's the cost here? Yeah. And that's kind of what ends up coming in those. Well, I, I, I think one thing going along the lines of what you're talking about, which is very key, what motivated him in the first place to want to ditch all his weapons and obviously create the suit and help people is his experience in the cave. I mean, that's what 
turned Robert, you know, Robert Downey Jr. turned Tony Stark <laughs> from being the billionaire playboy philanthropist to being, you know, a, a hero, you know, an Avenger. Yeah. That it was his experience in the cave. And oh my God, I'm blanking on his name name now. The, the person that was in the yeah, Ginsen. thank you. Um, that essentially saved his life. Yeah. That you know, you Sacrificed know, kept himself. the shrapnel out of his heart. Which prompted him, you know, Stark then creates the arc reactor, which, you know, what did Obadiah say out of, he created out of, uh, in, in a cave out of spare parts or yeah, something like that. Yeah, with a like bunch of said. spare scrap. Yeah, 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 that was really good. But, um, you know, then obviously he creates the Mark One and he escapes, but he could have easily just gone back to his, the life that he had previously. But no, he he chose to take a different path, and he chose to want to actually help people and stop selling weapons, you know, of mass destruction around the world and these wars and all that. So, you know, they they could have glossed over that really easily, especially back then with with yeah. movie making. It just got to the suit, but they actually established sure. that message of of his origin of why he is now Tony Stark the hero instead of Tony Stark the playboy. And I thought that was really good. And and not to mention that entire opening part of the movie was was really really good it still holds up to this oh day, yeah it does you know, watching it you know it's really yeah. good especially you know when he gets the mark one on oh he man escapes. Love, i remember as a kid story. like I, I never read those books and even still to this day i've never read them but i used to collect like these marvel trading cards that they had and i remember like getting oh, the card yeah, and yeah. seeing that old mark one like oh look at that that's the original iron man and i remember seeing that in the theater when he comes out of the cave and just being to see it come to life was just awesome. I mean, they nailed so many aspects of, of um, just that that moment, you know, in, in that scene. And, and kind of how that all plays out, too. I love the fact that he's very – he's almost like a fumbling Iron Man. Like, he creates a suit and everything's going great, but stuff starts messing up. Which, by the way, too, I love later on in the movie because this movie is funny. I mean, there's some great moments. A lot of the Iron Man uh, movies have that. Um, but when he's actually trying out like the thrusters, you know, and he's in, yeah. he's in yes. his, uh, his, him and the robot, his garage, yeah, and a little robot just always doing the, doing the fire extinguisher on him is great. I love that. Yeah, there's, uh, we kind of talked about it before we got started, but this movie has like, there's three parts to it, and I would say everyone loves talking about the two, the first two thirds of this movie. And then the th last third are kind of like, it kind of just <laughs> yeah. comes down at the end to like, yeah, we kind of all expected this part to happen. And it feels like, not like an entire waste to me, but like, I just feel like they kind of threw away at the end to like, here's the bad guy, Tony Stark takes care of business. It's all good and dandy. But the whole first two parts is leading up to these like massive, really awesome moments where it's like, yeah, he like gets out of the cave and then there's the part where he like flies all the way over across like we 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 described it all here like what mm -hmm. are our favorite parts it's all like that first two thirds of this movie and then like even my my favorite one of my favorite parts of any of the Marvel movies is that fighter jet scene where he's like underneath oh, yeah. and he's oh, like so good he's on the phone with Rhodey he's like he's like it's me it's me <laughs> uh He's like, what? What are you talking about? And like, the they show it, and he yeah, the, the turns. plane kind of turns. Um, that's one of my favorite moments in Marvel movies, and it's like, the whole scene is not overly like CGI'd, and like you said earlier, Paris, it's it's great. It's a great scene. That's what one of the parts of like the the Comic Con trailer was like, got you into it. But for me, the last third, I you know, I could, I could do with something better. 
Agreed. And and obviously that was the start of the Marvel, the MCU villain problem, which as we go through, no through this does not get <laughs> all that too. But the whole thing, Marvel didn't know what to do with a villain. They never could establish a really compelling villain. I actually like Obadiah Stane, but even like you said in that, last third he just becomes cackling villain yeah, with no yes. real real plan you know what i mean yeah. now one thing I, I wanted to go back back to cuz cuz i think it's it's a really good point here we are like, like let's set it up this way we watched the end game trailer the end game trailer was really good at the beginning because it's tony stark best basically professing his love for for pepper pots right right we all bought it we all believe it we all it was an emotional thing that only works because of the chemistry that Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Robert Downey Jr. have had. Think about it. For yeah. A decade playing those two characters. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to say this. Not only did that have to work, but I'm going to say this controversial thing. Maybe. Let's see what you guys think. I think he had better chemistry with Terrence Howard than he does with Don Cheadle as War Machine. <laughs> as Rhodey. I actually, especially watching it again, I like the Terrence Howard Rhodey, War Machine. And, you know, I think I, I'm with I, you. I, I like the way they played off each I'm other. I'm with you, Paris. I like Cheadle as an actor, but I think when I see him, I think of – I too often think of the other things that he's done that, to me, he just doesn't fit that role. Like Terrence Howard, I mean, he, he's so now – it's been a decade since we've really seen him as, as yeah. War Machine, but um, – I like him better in that role as well. I mean, Cheadle, just again, when I when I see him, he's the guy in Boogie Nights, you know, like that walks yeah. in. And, oh, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like that's, I, yeah, I just yeah. think of that. I'm like, you're the dude in Boogie Nights. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's, I can't get that out of my mind, you know? I And I don't watch Empire and Fox. So when I see, you know, Ter isn't Terrence Howard? He's in that, right? Empire, yeah. like, yeah. I just, mm -hmm. I don't yes. picture him it's as anything other crazy. than really this per se, you know? Terrence Yeah, now, now look, it's a little, little crazy in the... It, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. kind of see it in his uh, performance of Rhodey, but like that's part of it. Having this like cocky like uh, vet that's like getting in your face, and it, that's War Machine to me. Like at least from the comics, um, I would love to see Don Cheadle have more time like in roles. He always shows up in them, and it like <laughs> in any of these movies, he shows up and he's like he's there. He's like not yeah. like really having that main stage thing that like before he got into the war machine suit like in yeah. iron man one was like terrence harrett had that chance to kind of flesh out the character a little bit and i mean there's a rumor that there's going to be a, a war machine series on the disney oh, on Plus. the disney app yeah yeah but we'll see like that would be great to like kind of like give him a little bit more of a like fleshed out background yeah to feel more like war machine but yeah like terrence Howard is definitely um right. I, I just take the scene. Yeah, I just take the scene with with him, him and uh, Stark on the plane with Ghostface playing in the background with the stewardesses <laughs> dancing. Yeah. to me, that, I mean, that's like I said, it holds up to, to this day. That's it does, a really yeah, good man. Scene, you know. Yep. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. You you had mentioned, um, you know, Obadiah Stane and just Jeff Bridges in general. I think he he up until that last third is just awesome. Uh, as a villain, because even though you know in the very beginning we don't know at that moment that he's a villain, you could just kind of tell he's in this for the money, you know, like he because because they even set it up right in the beginning. You see that he takes over the business until Tony becomes of age, and right. then there's that cover photo of him in the background and Tony in the front, and so you knew there just had to be something, um, 
you know, that, that, that was just digging at him that Tony took it all over. But I just think Jeff Bridges' portrayal, especially that moment when he basically whispers in his ear when he's like, come on, let's take a photo. Come on over, let's take a photo. And then he kind of whispers in his ear, like, who's the one that you think put the injunction, you know, in to stop you from having control? Like, right there. I mean, just... He just yeah, fits really that good. role. Jeff Bridges was great. But then it does, so like you said, it kind of sucks at the end when he well, just puts on the suit. But th- but they, I don't know what else they really could have done. You know, when you when you step I'll back and look at defense. it. Like, like they, they made this movie not thinking there's going to be many more. Like, yeah. they, they, they kind of set it up a little bit with the post credit. But still, they were just like, this was a big leap of faith to kind of just do this. So now, like, when you go further down, when the villains get better in the mcu it's more of like yeah we've got like we've got a master plan there's like there's this whole map laid out of like what we're gonna do for the next five years and that's like just playing off the benefit of like how great superhero movies have become yeah where it's like this kind of started it and took a chance and i think that's probably what let lend itself to like Obadiah being a subpar villain at the end. Yeah. Agreed. Because, again, like you said, they didn't know that there was going to be an Iron Man 2 or this MCU (laughs) or Thanos or any of the things that we have when they actually started making this movie. Funny little trivia about where I live at in Southern California. Right on the other side of of Palm Desert is where they filmed all. I mean, it's like Pretty I can much get the there. Whole film. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I could drive there in like like thirty minutes. You know, what I mean? that's how <laughs> close I am, and that's where that they, was in they filmed the, it all. the the commentary. Was John Favreau's like, I love to film in California. He's like, we did the whole thing, like yeah, in that area. Hmm. Yeah, but it, yeah, another thing, and you guys touched on it a little bit earlier is. To me, I, I think that and that Transformers movie in 2007, those were the first two movies where the CGI looked real to me. Like, I yeah. remember sitting in the theater going, wow, is it a suit? Is it like I couldn't tell, like like the tank scene. You couldn't tell. I thought, yeah, okay, no. I, you didn't know. But it's funny watching it now and we got 4K and all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, that's CGI. You can totally tell now. But at the time, yeah, it looked authentic. And this- like I said, I think that really kicked off kicked us off into this era of where we are now with with cgi and just just the the believability that you can have when you're in a theater yeah and i mean that's why we never had movies like this up until really then right because just the cg wasn't there i mean the one movie i always go back to that i think still the movies that still hold up are like the lord of the rings films and i think part of that was because they put like a film green over it so it just all kind of looks real but even like when you go back of practical effects in there yeah and when you go back to the original spider-man movies like even those like when he's fighting the green goblin and that and you see like it's clearly just like on a set and it just looks kind of (laughs) cheesy so yeah i think i think you're right paris i think that's kind of really why this blew so many people away is just because it looked so good and even you know we could say sure the dark knight movies were great those movies are so dark that it's easy to hide i mean that's kind of why venom this year worked so good even though the cgi and venom wasn't great every time you see him it's nighttime and he's in smoke and it was all like you you never had that daylight where we literally had iron man flying in the sky with jets and it looked (laughs) real like it just looked incredible the the cg had gotten to that point where they could do that and that's why I think it just blew so many people away. And still to this day, it does. I don't know. What were you going to say, Swain? I was just going to say, like, I, I very much think that's the perfect, like, area where we created, like, CG that worked amazingly for these types of things. Yeah. And takes you to that whole nother level. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now. It won 
uh, two Academy Awards for best sound and best visual effects for that year, just My, because for sounds, there's nothing better. And well, and visual when I would say all the way up until Infinity War, all of the Iron Man suit ups are some of my favorite things yep. in the movies because it's like it's visceral you hear like the clanking and everything kind of like yep. like screws going in like he's getting locked into this uh if i had the rank of like this is up there it's not my like the iron man one is not my favorite suit up it's probably two but uh like infinity war is probably my least favorite because it's just it's cool but it's not like it doesn't have that like very iron man like mm-hmm. And this, like the the helmet comes down, like, yeah, and it like, clanks into place. Like that's Iron Man to me, and this was like one of the best yep. in Iron Man. One. And I, I want to just retract; they didn't actually win those two awards. It was nominated, nominated. for best sound yeah. uh, and best visual. One thing, just speaking of sound, that's it's interesting to go back and see it now, and knowing where he goes is uh, what's his name, Paul Bettany playing Jarvis. And, how, right. and yeah. you know when you totally. hear that voice now my my wife like is i mean she's not into it as much as i am but when i was watching it she was like oh that isn't that you know isn't that the guy that plays vision i'm like yeah remember he you know in age of ultron he becomes vision and all that and she's like oh yeah that's right so at the time i mean you wonder like we we talked about you know did they have this big plan i mean sure they had the the end credit scene and that and i'm sure they had the hopes and dreams to have the mcu be what it was but everything was riding on this movie you know, were the were the seeds there early on to tell Paul Bettany, hey, we're gonna have you do this voice now, but there may be a point when we need you to play this other character. <laughs> you know, did they cast him as that voice really for just his voice, or was it also with the thought of physically we need you to also look like this? That's crazy. I, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> say at that time, no, no, <laughs> but he looks perfect. I mean, he no, is he vision. He really you vision, see him, yeah. his body, everything about it is perfect for that character. The other um, great thing is his in real life wife plays Karen, the yeah. a, like the AI for uh, yeah. uh, Spider Man, and she's in the Hulk. Yeah, oh, yeah, she, right. she's Betty. Crazy. Uh, yeah. All right, what else do we want to talk about with Iron Man, guys? I mean, you know, we, well, we... I, I I think we we have to touch on the ending. And oh, of course. Not, not not the after credit scene, but basically once he defeats Obadiah. And he quote unquote wins the day. You know, remember he he pat you know not he passed out. What what happened? The the arc reactor was phasing out, and the yep. whole thing. You didn't know if he survived. Then you realize he survives, and he does the press conference where he announces. You know, he has the the notes because he's supposed to give the PR answer everything oh, for the uh, company. It's got and, Agent Coulson too. Yo, oh, oh like my god! Not, Hold yeah. on, man. Let's yeah. just yeah, we'll get. Yeah, to- we got to touch on that. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, I mean, at the end, Paris, you're, you're going to say, I mean, at the end, he basically, Rhodey's telling him, just read the notes, read the notes. Yep, just read the notes. And then he just, he, nope. He, he hesitates, and then he says, I am Iron Man. And everyone's like, what? At that point, we were used to movies where you had a secret identity, yes. the whole thing. Yep. wasn't, and he announces to the world that he is Iron Man. So that, that just set the precedent right there for the entire MCU moving forward, that, yep. you know, these heroes are real, these superheroes are real, and they're in our modern era. It wasn't a fantasy land. It wasn't anything that was out of touch of reality, you know, for 2008. It made sense, and it was like, wait, could Iron Man be real? And this, <laughs> could this actually happen? It, it made you believe it, which I, I thought was so cool. Did you notice, too, it was funny going back, and you... you can definitely tell just like the time and in, in place because at one point he says to somebody, Oh, how many likes or how many, 
friends are you going to get on your MySpace page or something like that? It's just like, don't post this on your MySpace. Yeah. (laughs) Just totally dates it. But yeah, let's, let's talk about agent Colson because you know, when he first shows up in the movie, I I remember at the time not thinking anything about it. Like when you, the first scene of him in there, I was just like, hi, I'm here from the, I mean, what, what is she like? Strategic homeland, you know, whatever it is. Um, I didn't even put it together, honestly, when I first saw it. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. was so big, even, you know, when you go back and read those Civil War comics at that time, S.H.I.E.L.D. was huge in the Captain America books and all that, but I just didn't pick up on it when we went to see the movie that first time until, of course, he kind of reveals who he is later on. Um, but, I mean, what a run he's had because he now in the next few films moving forward, we see him multiple times and then transitions <laughs> over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right, on television. Back to the movies. With, yeah, and then Captain exactly. Marvel. It's crazy. Um, you know how those those seeds were planted he's, he's too. He's one of my favorites, and the, I would I wish more people ha- were introduced into Agents of Shield because that's like some of those. I wouldn't say all of them, but there's a a good run of those episodes that were just like, whoa! Like this takes it to a whole nother level. That like yeah. I wish everybody kind of had access. <laughs> I feel the same way about Clone Wars. I wish everyone would watch. Please Clone watch Wars, Clone Wars. Like Star Wars, it's. It's Agents of Shield with with the Marvel universe. Like, watch that. At least the first two seasons of it, it's great. It adds so much, and it like it happened during things in the universe. So you like see them kind of react to a thing happening. It's great. That's cool. Um, you know, you almost wonder when it goes to when we get the Disney Plus app, like if Agents of Shield transitions over to that, and then they can get some of these bigger name characters. You know, like I mean, we know there's a Loki show in production. Could they get? Loki oh, into Asians. There's you know? a lot in production, apparently. Mm-hmm. So we'll see X-Men what stuff, is real, what isn't. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but back to Iron Man. Let's talk about. The, do you want to talk about the post credit scene? Then I guess. I mean, that kind of was the. That's a good way to to wrap things up, though. That's a kind of hits on the the shield a little bit too. Yeah. So uh, of course we have Nick Fury coming and saying, uh, you know, Iron Man, you're not the only superhero in this world, and telling him that he wants to discuss the Avengers initiative. So. such a good such a good setup like mm-hmm. for everything and looking back it's like it's even more like like we're gonna get more of that coming up with captain marvel where we get like more of fury's background in shield and how he came up through it but mm-hmm. he's so, he's the perfect casting for that like mm-hmm. i i love him in that role well wasn't the trivia on that was um Fury at the time in the comics, because because the writer or the artist, whoever liked Sam Jackson, modeled Nick Fury after him. So then they were like, oh, hey, well, we'll just get you to come and do this little funny cameo, like not thinking, not thinking anything yeah. of it. You know, who, who knew? Now he's got a 10-year job later. because of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we just saw him in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. You know, that's how much he's, he's working now. It's like, it's it's crazy. And like you said, he's going to be in Captain Marvel. We're going to get his whole origin story. It's like when I think of Iron Man and I think of that final scene, like again, whether they knew it or not, how much has been set up just from that one tiny line coming from him talking to Tony Stark and not to mention it has set the precedent for movies, period, mm-hmm. for, for these action movies yeah. and comic book movies to have these after credit scenes. We're now trained as yeah. viewers like it, yeah. to sit in the seat to not and leave. wait until we yeah what a, to not what leave. A clever marketing ruse to get everyone to see the credits and watch yeah. who who contributed because there was a, probably a lot of people out there like like oh 
I'm credited in the movie, but no one sticks around for those. Yep. No. <laughs> so you just put it way at the end so people watch it. And do you, do you guys credits. know what the first movie to not do the credits in the beginning? Because if you remember years and years and years ago, there was like it was like a unionized thing that you had to have credits in the beginning of the movie. If you go back and watch old movies from the 60s, 70s, do you know what the first movie was? That they had to push to not do it, and, and there was a lot of feedback and flack for them doing it? Star Wars. Well, so. No. Star Wars. Oh, George Lucas. Think about it. That was the first yeah, yeah. movie, 77, where they had to basically fight to say, hey, we don't want the credits. It's this, We have the scroll in the beginning, and that's how the movie starts. And then from that point moving forward, they started putting it at oh. the end. And like you said, people, if you're in the movie or had a hand in the movie, and then nobody knows. So yeah. what? A, what's a great way to make them stick around? Put some teasers at the end. Put some things back there. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, was I have a pl- hot take on before credit stuff for the Hulk episode. I'm gonna save it. Oh yeah. We gotta talk <laughs> yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, hmm. Um, but I, th- <laughs> I think with each of these movies too, we always have to go and talk about the Stan Lee cameo for each one of these <laughs> movies. The, the man Stan Lee, God bless his soul. Thank you so much for everything he did. You know, basically created, Kind of my, my mindset for so many things and, and things that I love in the world. But Stan Lee in this one is at the party with Tony, and he's kind of playing like the Hugh Hefner type character. Basically, yeah, Hugh, Hugh. That's he's exactly what he was. <laughs> he mistakes him for Hugh. He does, yeah. And he just kind of he doesn't have a speaking line. He just kind of turns around. He's holding the pipe. Just kind of turns and just looks. Um, so that was like that was a great Stan uh, Stan cameo in that one. Um, but uh, all right, anything else on Iron Man you guys want to throw out? I mean, I, I think for me, this definitely set the stage and, and really created my complete interest. Not that I never would have had an interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it basically Marvel, I think, threw down the gauntlet and said, yeah, we see what you've been doing with these uh, Dark Knight and these Batman movies, DC. But uh, yeah, we're here now. And if you look at where they are today, I mean, they've just taken the gauntlet. You know, the DC Universe movies. Um, have just completely gone by the wayside. You know, I don't want to say they've been failures, but they've been nowhere on the level of these Marvel movies. Um, Marvel has just knocked it out of the park um, in terms of what they've been able to do with all these films. I mean, sure, yeah. some, there's some hit or misses here with the movies themselves, but um, this thing set the stage and, and got it off, off and running. Yeah. yeah. We'll, no, we'll none look, of, go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll look back on this like, 40 years from now and be like, wow, this was like Westerns for like, <laughs> yeah. for people like growing up. Yeah. Like this was like watching some, it's watching a movement happen in real time and knowing that it's going to be classic. Like this specific movie is going to be a classic that stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. What were you going to say, Paris? No, completely agree with everything you just said. And it's just like, yeah, none of this happens without this movie becoming the hit that it was and just just planting the seeds for the future of everything that that we got past and like I said going back and being able to watch it now and seeing how much it still holds up even to what it was back in 2008 is is you know credit to Favreau you know Robert Downey Jr and everyone that was associated you know with bringing this movie to life because like I, when I think about the 20 plus movies we have at this point it's still in my top 5 I, yeah. I, re- I really, I really think so. Waiting, I think it's, I think it's in my top five. It's, it's still that good and holds up and has a good story. And like, like you said, Swain, I mean, it, it suffers from the, the phase one, you know, act three villain problem. But other than that, it, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I must wonder in Paris when I, you know, always think back to it, is it more of a nostalgia thing for me, but then just watching it again, 
this weekend. It's like, nope, it's not a nostalgia thing. Like the movie really just is that good. Like it's it's just a movie that, like I said, I, I hate to say it, but it's just badass. There's something about this movie that is just badass overall. When he puts on the suit, the way the music is there, um, just Tony Stark in general, just in this world, especially at this stage of the of the game here, is is just awesome. He, he's great. So, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Are we good? good for this I think one? we're good. It, it, it's the it's the pilot. A little rough around yeah, the edges, a little but, rough. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I'm sure everyone you know give us feedback and uh, they they can appreciate. You know, like I look by by the time we get to the dark world, I'm sure we'll be we'll be humming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because next week we're not going to be for sure next episode uh email us guys mcu rewatch at gmail.com we want your feedback uh not only about the podcast here we just did but also i think what we're going to start doing is asking you for some feedback on the movie so um we're, we're going to be to kind of catch up recording two episodes kind of every time we do one of these so you're going to get them as individual episodes but you're going to get uh, or when we record them, we're actually going to be doing two. So the next two we are recording is the Incredible Hulk and uh, Iron Man <laughs> 2. So what we want is we want to get you involved with the show. So email us your comments and feedbacks on or feedback on those movies to mcurewatch at gmail.com. I'll have the link in the show notes and uh, we can read it. You know, once we once we talk about the movie, then we can read your comments about the movie and kind of comment on those two. Or you can ask us questions about the movie. I think it would be fun to get get you guys uh, involved on each of these movies. So yeah, I'm looking forward to like the whole the whole run leading up to the end where we figure I would love to do at the end like after the rewatch what's the top five like you said oh like, we have to Iron yeah. Man in your top five for sure but like after a good rewatch might be different yep we'll see hundred percent all righty well all right everyone thank you here for joining us for this episode again next time we will be talking about the Incredible Hulk and uh, with that we'll catch you guys next episode later bye. Later.